Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Rochelle. This podcast started as a space to use my voice, to share my journey of healing, and it's turned into so much more. It's a space about all things emotional, because for me, learning to self-regulate and accept what I was feeling was game-changing. Together, we learn the tools to self-regulate. We talk spirituality, holistic healing, and modalities such as human design and astrology to help you radically trust, love, and accept yourself. I have some amazing guests on here that share their story and share their tools. And this is really just a space to support you in healing mind, body, and soul. So I thank you so much for tuning in and putting yourself first. I appreciate every single one of you. Welcome back to another episode. I just recorded the actual episode and then realized that I would not have time for a full month um, transit talk until like the second week of August. So I thought I would do that as the intro to this episode. I was actually kind of looking forward to a short episode this week because I know they typically go 30 to 45 minutes on solos, but that is okay. Um, We will go through the transits. And as always, you can get your chart at astro.com, astroseek, astro-seek. All that will be down in the show notes. And anytime I talk about um, the the transiting energy, you can always look to where those, those signs and planets fall in your chart just to understand how you will personally be affected by the transits. Of course, there's so much to your chart, aspects to your chart, um, you know, looking at specific, you know, house systems and all the where the houses are and everything like that. So of course, if you want to have an actual session, absolutely reach out. I'm more than happy to have a session. I really like dive deep into your chart. Again, links in the show notes, information in the show notes, but moving on. So we have on the 30th, 31st, yes, the 31st and then the 1st, we have this Mars Uranus North Node transit that we have been talking about. If you are in the Patreon group, there is a new moon episode that goes deep into, a little bit deeper into this transit that is happening, but essentially it is going to be unpredictable. It is going to affect the collective because the North Node in Taurus affects the collective. All of these, it's going to be at 18 degrees Taurus. So check your chart, see if you have anything in or near 18 degrees Taurus to understand where this is going to be affecting you. If you are a fixed sign, it is going to be affecting you more so than some of the other um, signs most of the transits this year will be affecting fixed signs because there's a lot of Taurus energy this year. Um, and so, yeah, just Mars is very, you know, assertive, aggressive. It's war, it's sexuality, it's fast, right? It's action oriented. Uranus is really slow moving. It's about technology. Um, and being in Taurus, it's about, you know, the senses. Um, it's about food supply. And we've seen a lot of that recently. Um, and then the North Node. North Node in Taurus is, you know, grounded, sensual, material, food, all of these things. And this is like where we're heading towards. But of course, with the North Node, we always have to look at the South Node. And that's in Scorpio. And Scorpio is deep. It's pensive. It's mysterious. It holds grudges, right? Um, it is all those things. That wa- it is a water sign. It is super, super emotional. may not let you know that. And that may come across as like projection of emotions um, or the avoidance of emotions, but that is there is so much depth to Scorpio. And so that's kind of like what, what is happening on that date. So if you have anything near or on 18 degrees Taurus, um, yeah, just know that this energy is unpredictable because Uranus is involved. Um, again, it is technology, it is shock, it is awareness, it is truth, it is all of these things. And that's kind of like what is coming out. And with, you know, Mars and North Node there, 
yeah, it's going to be something. <laughs> um, I heard Pam Gregory, an astrologist, astrologer, um, talk about possibly earthquakes or some sort of seismic activity. Cause I guess when there is, um, energy like this, especially with Uranus, like those things kind of happen. So moving on, we have August 3rd, um, Mercury is going to enter Virgo and Mercury rules Virgo and Gemini. Um, a big difference with those is Gemini is more like questioning. It's in, it's inquisitive and Virgo is more on the analytical side. So Virgo Gemini is going to be more like gaining the information and then Virgo is analyzing the information. And so it is at home here. It, it is the ruler. So that's kind of going to be more of a pleasant, I guess, energy. Then August 7th, we have Mars square Saturn. And I just finished reading the book Saturn by Liz Green. I think it's a new look at an old devil or something like that. And Mars and Saturn, Mars square Saturn, or any aspect from Mars and Saturn is, is, is an intense energy because they are very, you know, Mars is again, like we just said, Mars is fast. It is action oriented. It is aggressive. It is sex sexuality. And Saturn is karma. Saturn is really slow moving. Saturn is lessons. And so when you have these polar opposites energy coming together, you know, Mars, they both may have trouble, trouble expressing themselves, right? So it is, it can be overly aggressive to accommodate or underly or very passive, right? Because depending on the person and the experiences, but it may cause some impatience and resentment because of these such such different forces. Again, check where you have this in your chart. Saturn is Saturn is very big energy in our chart, very big energy. And I'm like just beginning to grasp the depth and the in the the bigness, I guess, um, of Saturn in in uh, in our birth charts and what it means for us. And so this aspect in the collective and the transit is going to affect us. But also, you can see where you have Saturn aspecting anything else within your chart because that's really going to have a lot of information for you and understanding just yourself and your experiences. When I re read about Saturn in mine and where it is, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> It's like my life to a T. And so just, again, having awareness and working through these, again, the Saturn is really slow because that's why we have our Saturn return and we kind of get shaken up a little bit, right? Because it's like we have to take these chunks of time to really process through these lessons and these experiences that we are learning. August 8th, um, Venus is opposite Pluto. So here we may have a challenge. Um, and it's more so like in other people, right? Or not in other people, but in our outer world is where we may, we may experience some of these challenges. And, um, you know, ex uh, Venus is relationships. It is love. It is morals. It is beauty. So maybe we will have some struggles in like the way we want to express love, the way we want to receive love, maybe something within love or relationships, um, just something that things that may come up. And then August 11th, Venus enters Leo. And again, like I just said, Venus is relationships. And so being in Leo, Leo is the lion. So there is strong will here, right? Um, maybe some dramatic emotional responses or experiences. You know, Leo is colorful. It is dramatic. It is all the things. But again, like Leo comes from the heart too. So this is not a bad placement to have Venus because Venus is love and morals and relationships. And when you have it paired with Leo, Leo is, you know, coming from the heart space. And so it'll kind of enhance those things. August 20th, Mars enters Gemini. Um, and Mars, so this may be some very quick energy. Gemini is quick, and so is Mars, and it's assertion, questioning, intuitive, action-oriented, um, talkative, maybe slightly scattered. So that's what energy that will bring. August 22nd, the sun enters Virgo, and Virgo is analytical, organized, judgmental, critical. These are kind of like the judgmental, critical, analytical. Those are more of the shadow sides to it, not necessarily analytical, but um, but it's also very, very in service to others. So when we look at the... Um, the signs you have Aries to 
Virgo or Aries to Leo. And that's kind of like the personality and then Virgo to Pisces, which is more of like the soul development. So, um, and then August 24th, we have Uranus going retrograde. So that'll be fun because we have like all the, um, the big outer planets in retrograde pretty much. And then August 25th, Mercury enters Libra. Um, and you know, Mercury is communication. It is the messenger. Um, and then Libra is just balance and peace and harmony and all of these things. We have um, the new moon actually is the day this is released. So the new moon in Leo. And again, if you're in the Patreon group, uh, that new moon video will be out. So there's just some questions to ponder on, little meditation, some card polls. And then August 27th, we have a new moon in Virgo. And new moons are really good for manifesting, for setting intentions, things like that. And then the full moon on August 11th is in Aquarius. And so I will get into more detail as that comes. And then again, there will be a full moon video in the Patreon group. So I kept that under under 10 minutes. So that are just like the major transits that are going to be happening. Um, again, just coming back to yourself. And I talk about that in this episode, right? Like coming back to yourself, grounding yourself, because it is easy to get wrapped up in the noise around us, especially when there's so much going on. So it's so important to just kind of like come back to yourself, still yourself and remind yourself just to stay grounded within your knowing in yourself. Because when you walk around within that space, then you just put that off to others and they can just, you know, you can kind of spread that that positivity and that grounding energy to others, whether you realize it or not, your energy will just affect them. So stay grounded to yourself, stay true to yourself, just keep coming back to yourself and yeah, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Emotional Mastery Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about emotions because emotions are always the thing, right? Last week's episode with Sam and Mickey of Our Manifestation Journey was such a good one. If you have not listened, go back and listen to it. It's all about manifestation, emotions, how we can still manifest even when we're in the depths of our emotions. Because I think sometimes we have this story that we tell ourselves that if we are emotional, right, if we are in a high or or rather if we're in a low, then we can't manifest. Um, I think it's really important to maintain a balance, right, in the sense of, you know, not getting too high or not getting too low. I think the sweet spot is to look at most things in life through this neutral space. But we are our mind, right? The power of our mind. And if we believe that we can manifest when we're emotional or when we're low, like then we can. And I have been for me, pretty emotionally stable since I've gone off birth control. I've talked about this, um, I think, two episodes ago. But that has been one thing that has been so helpful for me. But our emotions can be so big and so overwhelming. And sometimes we're just like, how do we even see through the fog of them, right? Like they can just consume us. And it's so important to come to a space of stillness, to come back to ourselves in order to really kind of like see straight and and to kind of curb those to know what's right for us and what's not. There are so many ways that we can know what's for us and what's not. If you look at human design, of course, following your your strategy and authority, but also like we intuitively know, right? We always intuitively know what is for us and what isn't. And so paying attention to those little things, if you have a journal or maybe if you just take the notes app in your phone and kind of like jot things down. Maybe you track your cycle and you have um, you have an app that you can kind of put little notes in per, per the day to how you're feeling, what was going on. Because I think there's a lot of things that sometimes it's easy to, A, it's easy to outsource our emotions, right? And to say, oh, well, you did this. So therefore you are responsible for my emotions. So we have to take responsibility for our own emotions. But it's also easy to overlook the things that may be causing 
a low, right? Maybe it's food. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe you're not moving your body, right? There are all sorts of things that could be literally affecting our emotions. And then we take them and project them onto something. And then it becomes a big thing. But when I feel like I'm almost disconnected with myself, when I feel ungrounded and I feel misaligned and I'm wondering, am I making the right decision? Am I doing something? Um, I probably shouldn't. It's really important to pay attention to your thoughts, right? Because again, emotions are very real and they are very big. And if you are an emotional being, which all of us are, but like if you run off emotions in that sense, some people numb out, some people don't want to feel their emotions, some people avoid, some people don't ever feel them, they cut them off and then they feel them so intensely that they don't even know what to do with them, right? But if you kind of like are consistently on emotions, it can be really confusing from day to day. All of the emotions can be confusing, but uh, I'm just speaking as someone who has emotional authority that's just like highly sensitive, highly empathetic, highly emotional, highly feeling that it can be confusing to disconnect from our emotions so that we can see what they're trying to tell us, right? Because the emotional solar plexus is the seat of the soul. It is the way our spirit and our soul speaks to us. But within that, we can make it very, very mental. We can allow our mind to take over our emotions and make it into something it might not have been to begin with and just make it something huge and overwhelming. And then we're just like swimming through the depths of our emotions and it's not comfortable and it doesn't feel good as opposed to just kind of listening to what that first hit was and then running it through all the tools that we have to come grounded back to ourself. I bring this up now because I obviously have had a situation that has kind of left me feeling confused or um, not even so much confused because in the last like couple months, I really have done a lot of work and I feel really empowered within myself and my knowing and what I want, and what I don't want and my ability to communicate that to others. It's been something I'm really working on and I'm really proud of, I guess. And so, but knowing that feeling those intensity of emotions, right? Feeling that, that high and that low. So then I asked myself, like, what can I do to come back to myself, to come back to my knowing, come back to my truth? And part of that is meditation. First of all, it's always going to be moving my body. That's probably the first thing that I'm mostly going to do is move my body in some way. Because a few days ago, I just, my stomach didn't feel right. And it would would have been so easy to just be like, I'm not going to go to the gym today. I kind of don't feel great. I'm not going to work out. But I chose to, I didn't go to the gym, but I chose to work out at home. And just that moving and shifting my energy around really just settled my stomach completely. Whether it was because, you know, our emotions are energy in motion and we trap our emotions in our body. And so sometimes like we may be eating right, we may be doing all the things right. And it's just a matter of like our energy needs to be shifted around. So that's number one for me. Um, But then also meditation. I talk about it all the time. Everybody, you know, we hear a lot of people talking about meditation. and Sometimes I think when we have allowed our mind to take over our emotions and it has become this mental thing, meditation can be so helpful because it allows us to sit still for one, right? And in controlling our body, if you sit long enough, which yes, may be boring. And yes, if your mind is going spiraling, it can be uncomfortable, but there will be a point where your mind kind of just surrenders to the fact that you are going to sit there, right? And within that, really observing what is happening in your mind, observing your thoughts, observing the emotions that are coming up with it. 
also tapping into your heart space and kind of doing a heart activation, whether it's just like breathing into it, right? And activating your heart center, heart space can really kind of pull in the loving feeling, right? And then in that, it allows your emotions to kind of calm down a bit because now you're just feeling the love, which then brings you to a neutral space. And then you can really observe your mind and see what it is trying to tell you, like what is going on? What are the pa- what are the patterns that you're cycling through, right? What are the limiting thoughts, that your mind is looping on, right? The limiting beliefs, the thought patterns. Um, And then that is so helpful to bring awareness because once we have awareness, we can understand our patterns more, which then allows us to kind of everything else to kind of calm down a little bit, right? And to sort of take a back seat. And sometimes it takes a minute to get there. Sometimes it takes two or three meditations to get there. Um, Again, it's like sometimes just like sitting there for a longer period of time, your mind just kind of eventually will give up. Not to say that it's going to be quiet, but the chaos that can sometimes happen in our minds subsides a little bit. And then we can have, I air quote, normal thoughts only because I know what that like chaotic mental feeling is, right? That just like that swirling, it's like a tornado, right? And and everything follows, your emotions follow, and then your nervous system is activated. And then it's just like this whole thing. So being able to sit silently, quietly, in stillness, calmly, and allow your mind to go through what it's got to go through, and that everything will just kind of follow, and you can get to that point of awareness. Also, filling your time with things that let you up. And this is not to say to avoid. This is not to say to numb out. But what lights you up? right? What is the thing? Like I got home today and I just sat there and I meditated. I sat with myself for a while because I think that is so important. We often want to like fill our time with something to do just to avoid what we're actually feeling. But I sat in meditation and the title of this specific episode just like popped in my head, the power of observation, because that's what I noticed I was doing. I was kind of sitting to still my mind, still my body, And I honestly was at a point where I didn't even know what I want to talk about this week. And that just kind of like popped up. Of course, I always talk about what I'm experiencing um, on the podcast. And yeah, that's just kind of something I've been cycling through, something I've been feeling empowered in because the emotions don't always feel good. They don't. But when we have awareness and when we have the tools to kind of like come back and ground ourselves within that doesn't make it go away like right away, right? We're still going to have those emotions. We're still going to have that intensity, but it lowers the intensity. I'll say that, right? And it just kind of allows you to come back to yourself and just, and really come to your knowing because yeah, we just, we have been, many of us have been so used to abandoning ourselves or just not listening to ourselves throughout our lives that when that intuition pops in and then that what is it, divine thought or that conscious thought or whatever it is when that pops in, it's so easy to just like be like, oh no, you know, and kind of override it and find another excuse and find another reason. But just coming to yourself and and sometimes within that, sometimes we're going to do things that we know we like shouldn't, right? Air quote shouldn't because there is no right and wrong. We're all learning lessons. And sometimes it takes you years to learn a lesson. You're going to repeat the pattern. One day you're just going to throw your hands and be like, I am done, right? But if we can do it with awareness, if we are going to choose to do something that we have told ourselves we're not going to do, can we do it with awareness? Can we open our eyes to the experience of it? And can we learn something from it, right? And yeah, that applies to anything. I mean, I know 
there are some things that we do that are self-harming, whether it's emotionally. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying do those things. Obviously, we want to, nothing changes if nothing changes. So we want to change our patterns. We want to have awareness of our patterns. And sometimes, I know sometimes I will choose to do something that emotionally hurts me because that is my pattern. That is my cycle. Like if something doesn't hurt, sometimes it feels like it's too easy. And just that's the way my nervous system goes from my past experiences is like I want to be emotionally activated because sometimes that makes me feel like, the person cares or that I'm worth something or, you know, all those limiting beliefs that I'm aware of now. And so usually I, most of the time now I can catch myself in that and just be like, no, this is why you are following the same pattern. This is why you are doing this. And I don't need to anymore. And so then it's like finding something else that I can do to replace that with or, or holding off. Or of course, with, with emotional authority, it's like, all right, can I give myself a little bit more time to think about this? Should I say the thing now? And I think where I'm at sometimes is this saying the thing because for so long I wouldn't say the thing, right? I would I would sit on it and be like, oh, well, I'm just being overly dramatic. I'm being overly emotional. Like I shouldn't say that because if I say that, then that person's going to be like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with her? And so I'm like in this, in this interesting place where I want to say the things because that empowers me, right? To speak my voice, to speak my truth. And then I also want to wait and sit on it because that's my emotional authority. It's just kind of like ride it out and wait the wave, go through the wave. And <laughs> I recently yeah and i know like i can be confusing because of this emotional wave like i can feel one way one minute and another way another minute and then another way another minute and another way another minute and somebody who's not emotional that is observing this is can it can be really confusing and i'm aware of that within myself but again like these emotions it's like one minute they are super intense and then the next minute i'm just like i've come back to myself and i've grounded myself and then i can look at it more in a neutral space so it's like do i say the things in the moment because then i am usually emo- emotionally activated but i always like take a moment too because we can we can't control anyone else right we can only control how we react so can we react and vocalize what we want to vocalize in a compassionate and loving way and that's what i try and do now so it's like if i have something that i want to say that would be easy not to say, but I know it's an expression of myself and I know it's something I want to say, then how can I say it from a more calm and loving, compassionate space? So although I may not be waiting you know, a whole cycle of my wave, I'm still waiting a few minutes to gain clarity on how I should express it. But for me, it's empowering to express it because that's something I never used to do. I never used to express myself or ask for the things that I want or need. And I also pay attention to when I am hesitant to say something and I know it's because I'm afraid of the reaction of the other person, then I really push myself just to say it because yes, it's going to be uncomfortable, but also I can't control what other people think or react to me. I can only control myself. And that's a big one, knowing that we cannot control the reaction of anyone else. We can only control ourselves and how we present ourselves and how we react to things. And yeah, not to like overthink things. My daughter today, we went to the doctor because she had to get, it was her 12-year appointment, but she had to get two shots. And she was like so, so nervous and kept wanting to like put it off or or just, she was like, oh, well, hopefully they won't come for another hour. And I was like, so you want to sit here for another hour stressing yourself out instead of just doing it and getting it over with, right? Because i not even going to lie. I used to be like that, right? I would put things off because it was so uncomfortable. But then when you do it and you get over it, the the empowerment that you feel and, and the rush of like, oh my gosh, I did that. It's over. But I feel so great is is also a really good feeling. So it's a matter of like balancing it all now, right? And 
coming to that space within myself and and it's also a process of learning ourselves. That, that, that is a huge part of it too. And being honest, I am, I used to be, used to be, I probably could still do better with communication, but I used to be horrible at communication and I'm getting better and better and better at it for exactly the reasons that I just talked about. So just learning to, for one, always remembering this too shall pass. That is my biggest thing. When I feel really, really low or really, really high. And then sometimes when I get really, really high, I know the crash is going to be really, really low, right? Because um, the higher the highs, the lower the lows. I always try and remind myself in either space, like this too shall pass um, and not to get like so caught up in it and try and look at it from a neutral space. And then how I look at it from a neutral space is really moving my body, coming into meditation. Um, of course, I always try and like nourish my body in the correct way. And usually that will sort of like bring me back and in listening to myself. Like yesterday I had, I was so tired yesterday. I literally, somehow my kids let me do it, but I just managed, I just like sat in bed and watched, literally watched Dr. Both Dr. Strange movies and then like vegged out on, I don't remember what else I watched, but I don't usually do that. I'm usually like trying to fill all my space with like work or podcasting or, you know, reading or the kids or whatever. But yesterday I was like, I just need to lay in bed, do nothing, just calm myself and let myself give myself what I need. And so I did. And I kind of felt lazy for it, but also it was exactly what I needed. So yeah, giving yourself permission, compassion, understanding, give yourself what you need, know that this too shall pass. And then just sometimes it can be boring, but just sit with yourself. We so often don't sit with ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to be bored. We don't allow ourselves to process. And it's so, so important to process our emotions because they do get trapped within our body. They get trapped inside and then they become disease and illnesses. And it's so important to process and release and cut cords and all the things. If you have an energy healer to work with, that is always so, so helpful um, just to have somebody to support you in your journey. And yeah, again, I think just sitting with yourself and observing observing your thoughts, observing your body, and then just having like a grounding cord, visualizing a grounding cord and bringing that energy all through your chakras and then visualizing, you know, divine light coming down through your chakras and then just kind of like running that through is really helpful and just kind of cleansing all of your spaces. And of course, like always just breathing into your chest and allow that to like open your heart and bring in the love because our, our, our heart chakra, our heart, like the energy that we are putting off of our, the aura that's coming off of that, the energy is so intense. It's so big that if we can tap into that, it can literally change our mood. Like immediately I was feeling a little bit activated and I can feel when my nervous system now gets like all like chaotic like that. And so just like sitting there and taking like three or four deep breaths into my heart and just like allowing that to wash over me as a, as opposed to this like stressed out body reaction that can sometimes happen. But those are my tips. Um, you know, try try them. Try something else. Like whatever you feel like works for you. Um, it's all an experiment. It's all an experiment, right? Like, don't like literally this week too. As we were talking last week on the podcast episode, which was so so good. Again, go listen to it if you haven't listened to it. But it's like we don't have to take things so seriously. And I'm trying to to remind myself of that. Like just thinking about people I was with, I have been with in the past where it was so serious. And then like being able to just like sit and laugh with somebody and have a good time and like be light about it. Like it doesn't have to be so serious. And so 
that's what I'm like reminding myself of and kind of like rewiring my brain, retraining my brain and my nervous system to just like relax, let it go, right? It is what it is. (laughs) And so those are kind of my tips to regulating your emotions. Um, Obviously, like if you need support in whatever way that means for you, it is so important to have support on your side. But these are tools that you can do that are free, that are just that you can do at home by yourself. Yeah. Even moving your body. It doesn't have to be like going to the gym or anything like that. Like it can be yoga is amazing. And I know sometimes I struggle with yoga because I love yoga so much, but then also I want like that high intensity workout. And so I make space for yoga just to have like a few days where I can just like do a slow yoga flow and stretch and just come back to myself and feel really good. So those are my tips for sort of regulating your emotions and that the power of of observing yourself and the ability to have the awareness of what's going on in your body. So thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear what you think, what tools you have. You can get me over on Instagram at rochelle.christian. The Patreon group is open if you want to find a way to support the podcast and just be part of a community that is supporting each other in this journey. Um, All that information is down in the show notes as well. And again, you will get bonus episodes, full moon and new moon episodes episode and the video is released 24 to 48 hours before the actual episode comes out. And then you can have the chance to get um, uh, human design astrology readings and be able to watch those new moon and full moon um, bonus episodes live. So yeah, if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me. Uh, everything is down in the show notes. Uh, coaching sessions are open and we just go through in process and talk about human design, astrology, all the things to support you in your journey and your healing and your growth. So I thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and I will talk to you next week.